it's extremely challenging just as the feeling being you are as a woman. That deprivation can lead us to the flip side into desperation. Sick of sacrificing or settling in your romantic life? Welcome to Make Him Wonder with Coach Paula Grooms, where women struggling in real relationships ask the expert. Unscripted, unfiltered, understandable coaching conversations to help passionate women succeed in love. Hi there, and welcome to Make Him Wonder. I'm your host, Coach Paula, a dating and relationship coach, licensed social worker, and author of the book, Why Won't He Commit? How a Man Decides to Make You the One. I'm happy to have a guest today who is 35-year-old Becky. Becky says that she is more single than a Pringle and that she screws up a lot in dating. Becky wants to know how to find someone worth dating, how to get past the first date, and what is too much or too little to reveal about herself and when. Great questions. Hi, Becky. Hi. So, you are more single than a Pringle? <laughs> Tell me about yeah. that. How did that happen? I just thought it sounded, I just thought the phrase was funny. It is. Yeah, it's very cute. So, and that you screw up a lot in dating. What do you mean by that? It just feels like I don't ever make it past the first date, and I don't know if it's because I'm, as my questions indicate, reveal too much or too little, or I don't know. I just, I just don't feel that I'm very successful at dating. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm really glad that you brought this up because so, so many women feel like that. And whoops, is that a doggy? Yeah, that's the dog whining. <laughs> okay. So we have actually have two guests today. I have Becky and your doggy, which yeah. I'm a dog lover. So we're going to deal with the, oh, with the little whining of your doggy today. So we have a, a nice group here. Tell me a little bit about your background. You're 35 years old. Have you been married? No, I've never been married. I've had three relationships, all unsuccessful for various reasons, and I've been single now for three years, and honestly, the quality of men around here, number one, aren't very good, but number two, it's hard to find a good one. They're very hidden, if you will. So it's an interesting thing that I hear all the time, uh, Becky, about not finding good men. And there is that old saying, good men are hard to find. And one of the things that I work with, with all of my, in all of my programs and with my clients is what I call the mechanics of men. And there's also being a mechanic in a relationship. And what that means is that if you think about a relationship as a metaphor to a car and the fact that we as women, we just need to get in it, looks good, we don't need to know how it works, understand why, or anything about it. With a real car, a man loves a real car, and a man loves to understand it, he likes to learn about it, he likes to know about it, he likes to even talk about it. So with a relationship, it's the opposite. A man just wants a relationship to be good, to feel good, for it to work well. And he doesn't need to talk about it, understand it at all. And he typically doesn't. So we have to be the mechanic of the relationship. And that is a tricky tricky proposition in a way because we can't lead a relationship in the typical sense of leading and what happens for 
a lot of women is that they tend to lead by telling a man about relationships, talking to him about relationships, getting him to understand it. And that is tantamount to putting us as women under a real car and feeling cold and greasy on the cement floor, looking up at a real car and trying to understand it and even wanting to understand it. And so when we say that there aren't any good men, there is an element of the fact that we need to be the ones taking a basically good chassis, good engine, good uh, kind of good running car and helping it to be the best car that it can be to go the distance. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah, it's a it's an it's a a process in a way that we go through from the first moment we meet a man and he meets us. And that's what I work with with women is this process. Because without it, expecting the man to get it, to know to lead in the way that we typically think of leading, well, those men can be extremely difficult to find. And if we don't get this concept and we wait for that particular man, well, statistically, that's like gambling. And that's just a hard fact that can be difficult to swallow. However, once you know it, knowledge is power, and doing something about it, it happens quickly. So tell me a little bit about, you say three years ago was your last relationship. How long was that? Uh, We were together about a year and a half. And what happened there? Um, we had <laughs> differences on how we should co-parent. We each had children, and we had different ideas on how they, A, should behave and treat adults and how we should co-parent them all together. And it just wasn't a good or safe environment, I, I guess, at the end. I see. So yeah. how old is your child? I have a 13-year-old, a, an 11-year-old, and a 7-year-old. Oh, wow, three. My goodness. So you are a busy mom. Yeah. And then that also makes dating not, not harder, but it can make it trickier in that you're not just really dating for yourself because there are three young ones that could potentially be involved with whomever you're dating. Correct. Yes. And they, their, their fathers are not involved. So anybody that I am potentially going to be with has to understand that that is a full-time position. And I call it a position because it is. It's very much like a job. Yeah. It's, it, it, it really is. And so um, I just don't. I just don't waste my time with any of it because the the guys around here just want to excuse the pun, but they're called fuck boys and they're called that for a reason. They only want to have sex and then go on their way and call you at their convenience. Well, that's just not how life works for forever. So you need to go find somebody else. Right. But that's just a lot of the quality of it around here. Got it. So how are you meeting then? Are you meeting online? Are you meeting organically? How do you meet them? Um, at this point, I'm not meeting any of them. And have you thought but usually, about... Usually I would meet them online. I'm sorry. But yeah, normally yep. I would just meet them online. Uh-huh. And have you... You said normally. Have you stopped online? Yeah. And is that I'm not putting any effort to any of it. I see. And how do you feel about the, you know, because ergo, you know, we're here, 
Uh, how do you feel about the no effort? It is what it is. I mean, it's kind of a bummer because I'm 35, but at the same time, it's like, I don't want to set the bar low. I have two daughters. I don't want them to see the bar set really low. And I have a son, so I don't want him to see men constantly coming into all of our lives treating us like crap. Absolutely. They've, my kids have never seen me be treated like overly well by any of the men I've been with, so my goal is to change that. I love that. So you're becoming a model for both your daughters and son on how to be really the best women and the best man, which I really love because men get all of their um, teachings in a way from how a woman presents herself. And so it's really, it's a really wise move. And I hope that you feel, which is hard to do, but I hope that you feel young in this sense that you have so much potential in dating and meeting a great guy. Thank you. How do you feel about it? What's your, what's the, what's your self-talk? What are you saying to yourself about it? Well, that is a very big work in progress. Yes. I myself am held together with a lot of uh, sarcasm and prayer. <laughs> it's, every day is a delicate balance and most days are a shit show but it is what it is but again I'm trying to like like I said I'm trying to change my mindset so that I don't I don't want to project my issues off onto my children but I also want to have a healthy relationship and I know that you can't bring a bunch of crap into a relationship and expect it to be um, successful mm-hmm. yes so you said you were online for, and maybe you've been off and on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And here's, here's the thing. I go back to the mechanics of men. And this is what I work with in my One Love program that's online to never-ending love. It's seven steps for success in online dating. And... The first two, of course, are your profile and how you present yourself in photos. Because, believe it or not, a man will, from a photo, immediately put you in one of two categories that coincide with Freud's Madonna whore complex, and that is the male brain, the heterosexual male brain, and and really even the male brain at large. Um, it doesn't mean that um, homosexual men do not do it as well. It is just the male brain. So in pictures, it's really significant how we present ourselves to not be in the second category. So do you know what that is, Becky? No, I do not, and I'm very curious. What that is is Freud quantified it and qualified it for us, but it's something that is, I believe, and most do, if you look it up, it's now called the Madonna-Whore dichotomy, which I like better because complex puts it into a realm of aberrant and while Freud's Madonna whore complex could be uh, looked at as an aberrant state the dichotomy is not and what it means is that in the male brain which is a more linear brain back to front in the neurological way that a brain functions. Their brain is in the two hemispheres back to front much more than the females. And it is why we can make connections in a way that the male brain does not. 
and the back and front of the male brain and the two hemispheres immediately puts a woman into one category or the other Madonna or whore and hate the word whore uh, but it's it is what it is and it's in our society and you know we deal with it but it's extremely significant to understanding men I mean there is nothing more important for females to understand men from this dichotomy so Madonna meaning Mother Mary not Madonna the singer <laughs> so Madonna meaning Mother Mary virginal whore meaning of course what we know um, it to be but how men view it you can think of black and white on or off stop or go yes or no good or bad meaning good girl or bad girl and when I say bad it's in quotes because men love a bad girl as much as they do a good girl here's the difference they will not think of the bad girl as wife and mother material and if a man puts you in one category or the other he does so at the very outset how things start is extremely significant for the man so if he puts you because of his linear brain in one camp or the other you will be hard-pressed to get out of it especially if you're in the second category so for example from online if you present yourself even in photos because most men don't read a profile if you present yourself in photos in a way that he puts you in the second category you will be hard-pressed to get out of that category no matter what you do and men amuse themselves and self-soothe with women so online when they're scrolling through they want to see photos of women in the second category it's a balancing act that we have to do right from the outset and those photos it is the essence it is the sense and a lot of it also is the dress so if you want to be in the wife and mother category you have to present yourself as such kind of like if a casting agent were casting you for a detergent commercial great young mom in a detergent commercial as opposed to sexy come hither woman for the race car or the sports car does that make sense yes it does yeah and it is why unfortunately when we give over to the societal mm, let's say societal needs societal way of relating a lot of it is driven by marketing media what sells face it sex sells Madison Avenue knows this and they use it at every possible turn here's the deal though none of that gets us the quote-unquote good guy who is in a place of looking for being ready willing and able to commit to a Madonna or Mother Mary in that sense he wants to find that good girl men are extremely confused by all that is around them in terms of visually and in all other ways coming at them 
they will keep consuming it because it's like chocolate cake to them without the calories. You can just keep eating away chocolate cake and it doesn't harm you. Eventually, though, it does because it's not really fulfilling and there are little to no nutrients in it. And that's what happens later on in life for men who do not connect and commit because eventually what happens is they are they're lonely they're not the best men because women help make a man who he is a wife is the woman who helps make the man who he is 65% of men statistically this just came out might be Pew research 65% report being lonely really sad right yeah it is and that also explains my next issue is I get a lot of married men and I don't mm. feel that I portray myself as quote-unquote whorish because I don't believe in flashing my lady bits all over the internet great so I grew up in church that being said I do keep myself covered so I don't feel like I portray myself with my clothing that way but for some reason I get a lot of married men and they are so insulting like you're being insulting to yourself and to your wife but also why are if you're that unhappy just leave ah well in my book the last chapter you'll find out why they don't just leave oh, we don't have to we don't have to talk about that there because you can go to the last chapter of my book and find out exactly why they don't just leave but you are right they will not and it's pathetic <laughs> Well, it feels awful when you are the recipient of it. So there's some kind of energy that you are putting out. But also, here's the deal. Regardless, you are a pretty puppy. And that's my puppy principle. Just the way... Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes, just the way we love puppies. Women. We love them all. Big, small, short, tall, black, white, red, whatever they are, no matter. Even that little hairless dog can be cute, right? Well, let's not They're... get carried away. <laughs> uh, yes, right? No, but you know. But I some... understand what you're saying. Exactly, right? But for some people, that hairless dog can be cute. Just yeah. like the big mastiff is cute. All puppies are cute and they give us a feeling even just looking at them right even just scrolling through pictures on Instagram or uh, you know it's why puppies are you know they've got 200,000 followers a little puppy right because we can't keep ourselves it is the same with men we are puppies to them and we have to be in a state of being ready willing and able to commit to a puppy given many factors in our lives financial environment simply wanting the responsibility and then of course loving the particular puppy but love alone will not trump the other things so we go sure. back to right we go back to the getting the married men. There is something, perhaps, and this would be a deeper dive that, like, say, we were working together, that's what we would do, is finding out about that energy that you maybe there's something there that you may be putting out. Now, that doesn't mean, of course, that you're not a pretty puppy and that a man will try one of the things that's very tough is for single mothers a man has another black and white idea 
of the fact that she's needy for sex. She is not necessarily going to uh, find someone willing to be with her, marry her, and take on her kids. And so she's an easier, quote-unquote, mark than a single woman. That makes sense. Yeah. And unfortunately, men do that because they are in the the basis level they are predators and we as women are prey they're creatures of opportunity absolutely absolutely so yes they absolutely will try can try etc it's it's very tough so that's been an experience of yours what else is happening for you in terms of go being out organically, not online? You mentioned church. Well, my, my the church I go to is very small. And um, there's like three people that are my age, and the other two are married together. So that's oh. a no-go for me. But I'm very, uh, to myself, when I'm out in public, I don't, I don't like interacting with people. I just, I I don't really do much outside of my house if it's not with my kids or if I'm not with my dog or something. The most I do in public is go pick my kids up at school and stand in the gym with the other parents, but I don't talk to any of them. So there is that component of almost, almost networking in a way in other words, what keeps you from talking to the other parents? Well, I used to go to high school with them, and the, they all act like they're very much better than everybody else. And I'm not that way. I will tell you, to be honest, I'll just straight tell you, yeah, I screwed up, or I'll say it differently because I cuss a lot, which is a turnoff for a lot of people, but I've been doing it since I was five. And I'll just <laughs> tell them, yeah, I'm a piece of shit. Or today's not the day. I'm not, I don't want to talk today. I don't want to interact with anybody today. So I will just make myself like be secluded. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I'm not a social butterfly. I'm more introverted. So that's why I feel safer communicating with people online and you'll get more out of me via email or a text message or whatever. But I have a problem with it because most people misconstrue what you're trying to say. And it's hard to get what someone's trying to say because you you can't really put emotion into words. It's It's just very difficult in today's society mm -hmm. because a lot of people don't get the depth. True. And that's what I have an issue with, with a lot of people is they're just so shallow and they're so vain and they're very fake. Just be what you really are. And so you And a lot of people are put off by that. Say that again. A lot of people are very put off by that, by me, because I'm just, I just say, be what you really are. Quit trying to put on a front. Because in two months after you can't hide what you really are anymore, I'm going to see it anyway. So just do it from the gate. Don't even try to play. Like, stop making yourself into more than, more special than what you really are. Just be what you are right now. Let me get to see it. And then we can decide if we like each other genuinely and not what we pretend to be. And I have to say, in hearing that, that is music to most men's ears. Not here. They don't handle that very well. And the ones that do are, like, not worth wasting time on. And I hate saying that about people, but I've already been through my phases of addiction and you know I've I've got a past everybody does I don't want some dude that's 35 to 40 years old dealing with gambling porn drinking drugs whatever their addiction may be currently I don't feel like dealing with that I already cleaned up my mess I'm not trying to clean up yours I'm not your freaking mother so that's my other problem there's a lot of drug addiction here there's this is just a very not um, 
it's not a great community, but it's not awful, I guess. So it's like a smaller scale. It's just you have to really, really weed through the turds to find the good one. And it's just really, really difficult. And I, I mean, thank you for that because it's very honest. It's in keeping with who you are. You are voicing what so many women in, I would dare say, like more of a rural area than, like, say, where I am in New York City, right? Yes, very much so. Yep. And you're voicing what so many women feel would be afraid to voice, right? So I love that because it's very honest and here's what it necessitates if I can give you my take on that. Go for it. <laughs> it necessitates an enormous amount of work for you on mindset. Do you believe in the law of attraction? Yes, I do. I, I really do. If you're not attracted to each other, like physically or with chemistry, that's very hard to fake. Right. But the and it's probably not going to go anywhere. Because if if what you're looking at doesn't at least excite you to look at, then I mean, even just a small sliver. I'm not saying like you have to be supermodel because yuck, but you have to like what you're potentially looking at, even just a tiny little bit. Right. And there's also then the, the deeper law of attraction, which goes to the energetic and energy realm in all of it that what you think and believe you will manifest. Okay, yeah. So what I'm hearing is that you are thinking and believing because it's been your experience. It's like a chicken and an egg kind of thing. So you're a little girl in your, did you stay in this community most of your life? Um, we moved around quite a bit. We didn't have like a stable, uh, nurturing, growing up environment. So my experiences back then have really put a huge cloud over my current existence, hence why I'm trying to make changes. But at the same time, I've always settled for less than probably what I should have because my self-esteem and self-worth was so low. Got it. And that's, like I said, something I'm trying to change. I know that there's somebody probably out there. It's just very, like, very hard to find. And... Sometimes you just get tired of looking or even not looking. You just get tired of the whole thing in general. Yes. And that does take mm, the mindset. It takes a, a tweak and a shift in mindset. And, you know, for example, if I could wave a magic wand over you, and it would erase, kind of reboot your computer, right? Like, totally clean out your computer, more than even reboot it, but clean it out, take everything off of it, except the, the, the basic knowing, the innocence, the innocence plus the, the inner knowing, not the experiential knowing, but the inner knowing that we are all born with and that doesn't get all um, virusy from the years of all the input. That for you mm -hmm. wasn't so great or could have been better. Right. Yeah. If I could wave that magic wand and that would happen, how do you think you would feel in approaching men and, and dating? I honestly couldn't tell you because 
I don't know. You're clouded, right? Yeah, because of all your experiences. Well, and I've never seen anybody in my family. Well, my grandma did later in life, but I wasn't really involved or around. So I didn't really get to see like it, but nobody in my immediate family has had, in all honesty, a good, solid, nurturing, safe relationship. My my family is very, um, a lot of abuse and there's a lot of addiction and we have a lot of hoes in my family. And, you know, it's just, it's just not a good situation. So nobody, like I said, in my family, other than my grandma for like five years and I again, wasn't around and now her and her husband are both deceased. I've never seen what a good marriage looks like or a good relationship. Mm-hmm. So it makes it kind of difficult to even say, like, I can tell you what a fairy tale is, but I can't tell you what a, an actual good relationship would be. Got it. Right. So it, it makes it even more challenging because you didn't see it and it wasn't modeled for you. What I'm hearing is that you want to model something different for your children. Right. That's fantastic because it's somebody somewhere along the way needs to start breaking the cycle. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what you're doing. And that's fantastic because to even, even be aware and I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that likely you are the one in your family that is aware of it and that others are maybe more blissfully ensconced in, in what was and aren't as their eyes aren't as open as yours. They don't get it in the way that you do. Um, I, I, I feel like there's a lot of denial and if we just pretend like it's not there, we don't have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've never been that way. Even when I was a young child, <laughs> exactly. I've always just been, if my mouth doesn't say it, my face does. I'm very much like my dad like that. But I just never, even when I was little, understood, like, why are you pretending? Mm-hmm. Like, to a degree, I get why you would pretend, like, why? Do, well, it's like the women that get beat. My brother beat his wife, and he beat his girlfriend. He used mm-hmm. to beat the shit out of me when I was little. Mm-hmm. Like, I have moments when I don't remember when I was little because he used to beat me up so bad. But it's like, and I get why you would hide that. But at the same time, it's like, if you continue to hide it, you're not fixing it. So why wouldn't you just fix the problem? That's right. Yes. But you see right fix there. Fix it and be done know, and then move on. You're different in that way. Is that it takes a, like you said, you were just born that way. You, that you didn't get clouded that inner knowing that you were born with stayed with you in a really big way. And even with the beatings and the mental abuse and the addiction around you and all of it, you had something in you, some inner strength, something there that said, no, not, not right, not going to be what I'm going to do with my life. Not going to be me. And that's so far ahead. Do you know how far ahead that is? Just that, all of that, all of that knowing? No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that deeply into it. I just figured it was like a God thing where he just really had his hand on me pretty hard. Because <laughs> I know yes. there's no way I could have beaten a drug addiction on my own. Like At the point when I decided I didn't want to do it no more, I was suicidal. Yes. Some people call it God, right? You had that strength. And if we look at, you know, God is within you, there's nothing yeah. you can't you can't overcome. And you've shown it. You know, you overcame drug addiction. How old were you when you did that? Uh, 28 maybe. And then I, you know, drank really heavily for a few years and then I just decided this is stupid so then now I just don't do anything I guess you could say 
my new drug of choice is to be lazy because I don't get off my couch. But that's why well, I have a dog does to help to make me have to get up and do take them on walks and mm-hmm. love it. Do things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. I really hear like this really specialness about you and that there's a part of you that feels very alone. Very much. And this the I go back to that statistic I just mentioned earlier. There are so many people now feeling that. I'll give you a nugget that I think is very true and that what we need we can get by giving. In other words, there's some some need that has not for you been fulfilled and that you also what I really love hearing is that there's that part of you that hasn't given up on it. There are times when you have. I'm very stubborn, so. Good. That's helpful. In other it's words, if you put <laughs> It's both. <laughs> um, it's, it's both, yeah. It, it, that's true. It is both. But if you take it in the realm of that you're not just going to give up and give in, right, or give in and give up, the stubbornness can be very helpful. In other that's words, I think, I think there's a part of you that knows, maybe believes deep down that there is that person out there who is the lid for your pot and that it is about partially um, not giving up, not giving in, and then doing something about it because there's that hanging out on the couch which can feel good but it's it's delaying and it's not being necessarily that healing or helpful to you. Right. It can be very secluding and I get really restless. So then I mm-hmm. make myself go for a walk or something or mm-hmm. the dog wants to go for the, a run in the woods. And so we go do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't, the, re, there's, the reason I don't like to be out in public is because I feel like I'm very sensitive, even though I'm, I'm just really sensitive. And I pick up on other people's, like, whatever crap they're carrying with them, I feel like it latches on to me. And then I just get drained. And I literally, I will be pepping my stuff, good to go. And then all of a sudden, and people that know me pretty well, well they can see it. And all of a sudden, I'm just, I'm tired and I need to go home and take a nap. <laughs> And it happens just so quickly, and I don't know where it comes from, and I don't know who does it, and I don't know why, but that's just always been my way. So that's, mm-hmm. And now that I'm older and I recognize that, and that's also why I just I don't prefer to be out in public with a lot of people for extended periods of time because it's tiring. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel like dealing with it. it. It's a lot of work. It's like cleaning a bathroom when the toilet has backed up. And there's just like a foot of shit in your bathroom and you're trying to shovel it out. It's time consuming, it's exhausting, and it's messy. And that is what is known as an empath. Have you heard that? Right? Yeah. And and people who are empaths feel what you're feeling. And it does make socializing difficult. Um, Very much so. Yes. And I believe that with any of our gifts, and it's a gift, also comes the flip side of that gift. It can be an albatross around your neck. Yeah. Yeah. The, there is no way around it. In other words, that gift was given to you. It's what you choose to do with it. Because... Right now, and, and for most of your, your um, 35 years, it has felt more like a curse than a gift. 
understandably so. And and people who go into addiction can be more empathic, sensitive. Um, the world is a harsh, hard place. It really is. And they don't tell you that. They just let you fall into it, which is really crappy. I think there should be a memo that people get about it. <laughs> right? Yes. It is a harsh, hard place. And if we are not, when we are children, given a very soft, safe, unconditional love place to fall, it makes it doubly, triply, quadruply, <laughs> I can't say the word, harsh and hard. And that happens yeah. for you. But right, yeah. and, that, and that all the way back to what I said in the beginning, that's why I'm trying to make better choices for my kids because I don't want their innocence to be snatched that quick. And and you can you can shift this for them. You are doing that. You can then by doing that also shift it for yourself. Do you believe that's possible? Yeah, I do. Hmm. Yeah, I hear a lot it's of you know just that a lot of work. <laughs> I know. Yes. But anything of value anything worthwhile I don't care what it is it takes effort it takes work takes intention it takes all of it right anything so I so then how do I get past all that to move on and potentially find somebody I'm going to answer that in a moment Are you looking for your Mr. Right online? If so, you want to be approaching online dating in a way that produces the right results for you. Start by taking a free evaluation to test your skills and you'll receive immediate results. Go to theonelovedatingtest.com. That's theonelovedatingtest.com. Don't wait because Mr. Right is waiting to meet you. theonelovedatingtest.com. Your question to me, Becky, was, so how do I get past that and say the rest of it? Find somebody worth spending time with to develop into a relationship, potentially. Okay. So I'm going to answer that by asking you a couple of questions and helping you chunk it down for yourself. If I were to propose that to you, what would be the first step towards your goal of finding someone worthwhile to be dating for a potential relationship. What would be the first thing that you would need to do? I don't know. Uh-huh. Okay. Because I kind of, like, when you ask me that and when I think that question, I get really, like, there's just a blank. Mm. So, you see, that's why you're stuck. Right. And that's why I fall back to what I'm used to because there's no blank. Yeah. What, what's the fallback for you? Narcissist, manipulators. That's like the people that I've, the type of people that I was with before. Okay, so how were you coming across those guys what how did you meet them well they were everywhere and they seemed to be more cocky and sure of themselves and so they just they're just more sure of themselves because they say it they say this is what i want and then they tell you what you want to hear for a while and then they get what they want and then Lo and behold, the mask comes off that I hate so much. So, and it's like, and even though I know that that's what they're doing, I still play the game. Like, I know that that's what they're doing, Mm -hmm. but I still feed into it because, well, if I'm not Mm -hmm. 
I am human and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. So, okay. After so long of trying to be good, it's like, oh, I'm just going to go over here and ding dong around for a while. And then, and then you're right back yeah. to where you were. Right. Yeah. So I'm trying to like, I'm trying to not go back to that. And I've had a lot of opportunity. I'm going to be honest. I have a lot of opportunity to go over and play at the jungle gym with these pieces of crap, but I really don't want to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I'm really proud of myself. I have yet to go back over there. Yay. So you see, you have identified something very important and you are right. The most uh, available seemingly and out there guys are the cockiest. We call it uh-huh. cocksure, right? There's a reason that's in <laughs> yeah. our yeah. There's a reason that's in our uh, language, cocksure. Yeah, well, they definitely got it, and they know how to use it. Yes, and it takes. See, you are already identifying that step one, which is eschewing those guys and saying no to those guys. Now, the saying no makes them try even harder. Yeah, I know. Right. Well, Why? it's catnip because it's catnip. <laughs> it is catnip to them, and it will make them try absolutely that much harder. It is the way you say no that can be very beneficial, and I can certainly talk to you about that. But it's also most important that you identified that part. Okay, so you know that is what you don't want. Here's what I'm hearing. You haven't yet experienced the other kind of guy. So you don't really know. You kind of know like, oh, that's what I want intellectually, but because you haven't experienced it, it feels kind of foreign. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like eating real Chinese food. What the heck is that? That's not what I ordered. Because the Chinese food we eat here is not the same as what's actually being eaten in China. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. So until there is that experience and what that just like if you wanted to experience real Chinese food, that is going to take steps and effort mm-hmm. because you're not just gonna you're not just gonna get it. You can't you can't go to your local Chinese restaurant and say, "Can you make real Chinese food for me?" It's not gonna happen. It would right. take steps and effort for that to happen, and this requires the same deal for you to meet those other men to first of all identify them. They aren't going to be doing what the cocksure guys do. They aren't going to be right in your face like the cocksure guys are. It is going to take a different approach, but you can start to do that because you are at a place of recognizing, I do need to do something different to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So you're closer than you think. It's just now really taking those steps. And that's, of course, what I work with in working with women online to make that happen. Because if we just do one approach or the other, meaning if we put everything online, our hopes, dreams, all of it there, or the flip side, which is the hope streams there of not doing online at all, we limit our possibilities. It has to be a combination of both. And we don't have time for that today on the podcast, but again, if we were working together, it would be going through all of your opportunities in life and how you make those happen in a totally different way with some little strategies, some differences, identifying uh, how you could do that and then starting step-by-step to do that while concurrently being online 
and doing it in a way that immediately puts you in the first category. Because being online, it's very easy to be in that second category and to get guys coming at you wanting you to be in the second category and treating you as such. And it takes it takes um, real strategy to work with it in a way to um, kind of um, bypass those guys, keep them off the the system, the radar, so to speak, because if not, you get frustrated and it's a time waster. And that yeah. is, is what is most important not to happen so that you don't get burnt out on online and give up. I have women in my programs with online getting new meetings that with a guy taking a step to actually introduce himself well before a first meeting having up to three meetings a week when they're in that space and not having met a guy yet that they they desire and want to continue with but having those men be at a place where they want to continue and then the woman decides because that's what's really most important but good men who've taken steps and this is the third step in the one love program to get to the place where the man is actually reaching out to you with a call to introduce himself this is the most important step because without it the man has not achieved something. He has not taken the step that will actually put you in the first category. It's huge. It's a lot more contextual than that, but that's the bottom line of it, is that when he actually, when he makes those steps, he is putting you in that category. And from there, you have a much, much higher chance of success with a good guy. So we can talk more off of here, but our time is up today. I so appreciate you coming and, and being on today because it, believe it or not, it was a step for you, right, in just deciding to do this. Yeah. I, I thank you again. Thank you for letting me be on. I appreciate it. So is your gift of being a sensitive woman, a feeling being, or an empath, which is taking a feeling human being to a degree that you actually take in the feelings of others as if you were feeling them. It's a gift, but also in our tough world, it can be a curse, like all gifts. They have their yin side and their yang side, their positives and their negatives. And in dating and in relating to the opposite sex, it can be extremely challenging to be an empath. It's extremely challenging just as the feeling being you are as a woman. And this has to be worked around vis-a-vis -vis the male or males in our lives to make communication easiest for both and to make our romantic lives easy, fluid, possible even and keeping us in a grounded place. I work with this and all manner of challenges of course in my programs with women because this is the real work. 
of what we must do. Besides the small strategies that increase a man's interest, desire, willingness to be all in, willingness to be there, willingness to commit. I love the fact that Becky wanted to do this podcast today because it showed me she was mindful of the need to even investigate moving the needle and knowing is not the same as doing and in the little bit of doing in taking small steps we can get to our goal on the journey just as quickly as if we take massive steps when not ready and not connected to those steps and then we have to take four steps back so are you acting on your feelings only and not your inner knowing because acting on our feelings especially when we are an empath what can happen even for just the feeling beings that we are as women it can be a vicious cycle of deprivation and because we are the emotional feeling beings and we have needs regarding those feelings and emotions that deprivation can lead us to the flip side into desperation and staying centered is so important working with someone to stay centered can be seriously helpful it keeps you in the knowing it keeps you in the mindfulness that helps make you centered so I hope this was helpful today I know I got a lot out of speaking with Becky because it was raw she was real she was connected to what is going on for her and she moved the needle just that little bit and sometimes that's all it takes it's like a spark and the spark can begin the fire and in listening to these podcasts they can be the spark and perhaps you'll be reaching out to me I hope so you can do that in a number of ways if you're interested in being a guest on the podcast possibly go to realcoachingconversations.com and fill out a brief questionnaire and we might be speaking very soon you can also take the one love dating test.com the one love dating test.com see where you are in terms of online dating that's a start to connect with me and to get that spark started to move the needle as always we'll be talking to other women on podcasts to come and you can look back at previous podcasts if you are in relationship with a man and find it challenging you can take a test there as well willhecommit.com willhecommit.com and you can find out where your man is on the scale of being ready willing and able to commit if you have a man in your life you know how important it is to make him wonder thank you for listening to make him wonder if you've benefited from today's conversation, please subscribe and share. Connect with Coach Paula at makehimwonder.com. 
There you can take several relationship evaluations, discover her books and other resources, and find out if one of her personalized coaching programs might be right for you.